If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? Wait, how? I, guess, I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no All excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Hello, this is not really Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if it were, uh, I would urge you to uh, listen and watch the Inglorious Trexperts. Because uh, who knows, maybe it'll uh, bring in more income. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and welcome to the 430 movie and Built for Tough Week. What does that mean? It means it's Harrison Ford week. There's no way it's going to be bad. It's going to be great. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. 3PO, you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth he'll get no such pleasure from us. Right? Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard they're a benefit it's not my problem yes sir i'm sure that none of us would like to miss anything i have to add sir except i don't have anything to add sir so there's nothing for any of us to miss and who's gonna come to save you junior i told you don't call me junior get off my plane Oh, it's I, not going to be. I thought it was going to be all about trucks. <laughs> well, it, it could be, be about Hollywood homicides. We don't know. We're going to find <laughs> out. And to help us curate a fantasy theme week of great Harrison Ford movies, and maybe not so great, we don't know. <laughs> Mr. Monday, Steve Melching. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. I know I am. Tuesday, it's the delightful Darren Doctorman. I ain't nobody, dork, right? <laughs> and Wednesday, it's the most wonderful Steve, Steve Melching. It's the most wonderful <laughs> Ashley Edward Miller. I'm not part of your podcast, sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a long time in the offing. You know, we've done a couple of weeks devoted to actors. We did Gene Hackman. We did Michael Caine. We haven't done a ton of them. Haven't done a ton of them. And uh, there are not many actors that weren't a full week. I mean, we've talked about Humphrey Bogart, Meryl Streep. Um, but there, there's not a lot of actors that really weren't this kind of deep dive. But I, I certainly think Harrison Ford is one of them. Um, 
Kermit the Frog. So tell us, uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us uh, why 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 has Harrison Ford now? Uh, I mean, you know, he, he's just he's one of the last movie stars. I mean, he's he he's uh, he's a legend. He uh, he's not only a great actor, he's been in some of the greatest movies of all time. He's been in some of the worst also, but you that's. Can, uh, you can count the number of movie stars that are left on one hand and still have a few fingers left. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're Michael Caine in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> or James Doohan. Uh, well, he can only count four. <laughs> But uh, no, there's just something something about him that uh, that you know hit and and connected with people. He gives that big persona, while sometimes doing you know very little things. But he has that uh, ability to convey a lot with very little. He's yeah, he's, you know, he's oh go ahead Ashley. No, I was just saying you know he's your he's your dad, he's your big brother, he's the guy you want to be. You know, he's like the guy you want to marry. I mean, it's just like he's like he embodies just on screen. He embodies what masculinity should be like in a really great, um, positive, cool, heroic, self-effacing, you know, self-deprecating, fun, accessible way. And that's tough to pull off, man. Is that the key you think to his enduring appeal? He's always been self-deprecating. He's always been able to tear himself down and make fun of him. He's gone from dramas to comedies. Um, he 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 he's he's a chameleon, and never uh, with, never undermining himself though. Like, is, yeah, and he's one of those movie stars who uh, and action heroes who's not afraid to be vulnerable and get beat up. I mean, he gets the shit kicked out of him in a lot of his movies unlike a lot of other action stars who and i know some people on this panel could tell stories about action heroes who don't want to be uh you know defeated in a in a in fisticuffs or you know uh have the villains get the better of them because he's he's like the uh he's like the energizer battery you know he just keeps going and going yeah it's true. And I mean, I want to ask you, Darren, I mean, uh, early in his career, a lot of people were saying he's the next Bogart, but he's so different than Bogart uh, yeah. in, in terms of his appeal. I mean, Bogart, you know, as as much as he was capable of doing, you know, interestingly, something like Sabrina, which I'm sure we'll right. talk about later. Um, but, he, you know, mostly he was known for his tough guy roles and his gangster roles, even though he did a lot more than that. But, you know, right. Harrison Ford, I don't think you can really pigeonhole. Let's face it. I mean, he is the star of not one giant franchise, not two giant franchises, two and a half, because yeah. he was he was Han Solo in Star Wars. Oh, he was right. Indiana Jones. And then, of course, he was Jack Ryan. In, in, in two of the uh, Jack Ryan movies. I mean, that's an extraordinary batting average for any actor. And he threw in a little Rick Deckard. Yeah, and that's true. Just for, yeah. just for laughs. So, it, 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 so a half a franchise and a half a franchise. Three yeah. franchises. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, amazing. Because those were also two films, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. So, well, how, uh, how much was he in more American Graffiti? Or was that just clips? I think from- he was a cameo, wasn't he? Yeah. It's a small role, but even in American Graffiti, it's not a huge role. But yeah. let's wait to talk about some of these films, because, of course, right. many of them, if not all of them, will actually turn up during the show. And I have to say, uh, it's been great being back here doing these movies and seeing the great response we're getting from the audience. They're so glad that we're uh, 
back doing doing the four thirty movie. It's we thought we'd come back. They're listening. The audience is listening. <laughs> but this is not George Lucas week. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> um, maybe when his museum opens. Sure. That would be, uh, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to the Lucas Museum. Opening. He belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think like wh- when was the first time you guys saw Harrison Ford? Do you remember the first time you saw Harrison Ford in a movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was everyone it, saw him it was uh, memorable. And, and remembered it. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't Force <laughs> Ten from Force Ten from Navarone, was not. Uh, no. no, it wasn't Force Ten from Navarone, but it could have been. <laughs> okay, it could have been, man. Uh, it could have been. I mean, it depends on your age. Like you know, we're geeks of a certain age, and you know, we kind of came of age at the same time. And uh, Except Ashley, yeah, true. Do you? But realize- I'm sure. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sure Ashley saw Star Wars before any of Harrison Ford's other. Yeah, films. I'm sure. Although there's a there's an off chance that I might have seen American Graffiti, like simply being taken to the movie. Like, I, have I told you guys this insane story of going to see American Graffiti? I think um, about to with my family. Uh, I was maybe like it was a re-release. I think it was like I I was maybe four or five years old. Uh, and uh, my dad wanted to see it, took my brother, my mom, m- me, my little sister. We all go. It's a family viewing experience. We got as far as the mooning scene, and my mom had enough. And she picked us all up, and out we went. So I'm pretty sure that was my first Harrison Ford experience. Not the mooning. My, my, moon my question for Steve, if we all know we've made a lot of jokes about how prepared you are for this show, always. For this episode, did it require much preparation or is this like straight down the middle? Steve Melchi knows this backwards and forwards, didn't have to do his homework. Well, of course I rewatched my selection because I like it. I, it's it's <laughs> fun to revisit. Okay, fair so, enough. Uh, you yeah, like Hanover absolutely. Street that much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what, I don't think say, I've John? ever actually, I haven't actually seen Hanover Street. I, I am going to write down what I think your pick is. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin okay. it by saying it now, but I'm going to write it down and I will I will hold it up if I, I have am in correct. this envelope. Steve yeah. <laughs> right. Melchie's choice. Okay, they've been I'm stored right. in, a, in a mayonnaise jar under Funkin' Wagnall's porch and they've been there <laughs> since noon. So I, <laughs> I, I, did, I, I did not know that. I wrote, it, I wrote it down so I didn't yell it out. Okay. Well, it was... It was a difficult choice. It was really down to two movies that I really wanted to talk about. And mm-hmm. I, I, I zigged and you might think I zagged. I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. We'll find out. Well, at least there's no, he wasn't in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, <laughs> Ashley, you might have been. Might have been. I'm sure he was offered it. Yeah. You know, he's I one of those guys that was anything. offered everything. I don't want to be an extraordinary nothing. And, and Steve, tell us a little bit for those you know, uh, it, it, you know, who don't know a, a lot about Harrison Ford, other than the fact that he's this big movie star. What an interesting background he had. Um, tell us a little bit of how he came to stardom. Well, I, I think he wanted to be uh, an actor from a young age, and he 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 did some small roles, but wasn't finding much success. And um, I believe he was from Chicago. Yeah, uh, suburban Chicago, same as me. Yeah, and then moved to, to L.A. to try to break in to show business and uh, struggled. 
uh, was married uh, young uh, and uh, uh, kind of pursued his second passion uh, to make ends meet, uh, which is carpentry. Smoking pot? Oh, wait. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> While flying? <laughs> so he was, you know, a, a, a very uh, talented carpenter and uh, ended up doing a lot of carpentry work for uh, Hollywood type folks. And, uh, and one of those people was uh, Francis Coppola. Was it Coppola he was doing? Uh, I, I, I think he did work for Coppola later, but first he did work for Fred Roos. Right, Fred Roos, yeah, yeah. Which put him into contact with your Coppolas, your Spielbergs, your Lucases, yeah. your Lucas I. And uh, <laughs> that the he, uh, he he auditioned for these roles. He did you know a small role, of course, in American Graffiti. He did this a small role in Coppola's The Conversation, uh, and uh, which put them on their radar. And uh, Lucas famously used Ford to read other actors for Star Wars, um, playing the Han Solo uh, role. But I don't think he was necessarily George's number one pick for that role. Um, uh, but, no. uh, I don't, I don't want to use anyone I'd uh, worked with before. Exactly. Yeah. He was, he was averse to doing that. And uh, of course it, it ended up working out. He had real chemistry with Mark Hamill and, and Carrie Fisher and, and George ended up casting him. And this, the same kind of thing repeated uh, a few years later on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to use Harrison Ford in that film. He wanted a, a, a fresher face uh, famously. Yeah, Tom famously Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah. Magnum uh, P.I. and Magnum uh, our Blue Bloods to our older audience members. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the rest is history. No, it's, it's true. And now, I, I look, I'm going to go totally off the rails here for a second. Totally off the rails. Again? Um, Again. Uh, yes, because here's the thing. You know, I know it's What's Ashley's line? line, but I took, took your line. What's my line? But this is your life, Ashley Miller. But um, the, the thing that's unique is when we used to record 430 movie, we'd go in the studio. I'm not telling tales out of school. And we'd re record a bunch of them. And they wouldn't air in some cases, not only for weeks, but months until months later. The way we're doing it on Zoom is we're literally recording the week that they drop. So it's very timely, very timely. So I'm going to ask you a question that's completely unrelated to anything, only to <laughs> take advantage of the timeliness of this podcast. And the question is, what did you all think of uh, Ahsoka Tano on The Mandalorian? Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, uh, I thought it was terrific to see her uh, come to life in live action. And I I'm really glad that uh, Dave Filoni was the one to be able to write and direct the episodes since he, you know, was intimately involved in the creation of the character uh, in the beginning and, and the development of the character through Clone Wars and Rebels. I completely agree, Steve. And I mean, I love the fact that, you know, he went back to Yojimbo and Kurosawa as an influence. Those, that alt, you know, opening sequence is, is beautiful. And I love that, you know, I read somebody, somebody tweeted today or said something today. So great. So great. Whether you like the show or not. And I, I like the show quite a bit. But to see people who love the franchise they're working on rather than love themselves. I thought that was a great quote that they love the franchise they're working on more than they love themselves. <laughs> and it's so great to hear people who are passionate. Not because, to name any other names. No, but I think that it, I'm not, it could be any franchise. It could be could Hollywood be anything. It could, could, could be anything. It could be, you know, Working Girl too. I don't know. But the thing is that it's just, it was, it was so great to see Rosario Dawson in that role. And um, I just, uh, you know, it, it's great to um, see Star Wars, uh, you know, have life you know just 
the passion, you know, that, that, that um, uh, you know, and, and it's just like watching. I watched it with my son at midnight. He, he insisted on being there at 12 <laughs> o'clock when it went up. When it went a Thursday night, turning into Friday morning, and like you know, we watched it. And you know, look, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I was thrilled. But he was like bouncing off the walls, and so it was it was great because that was like kind of the way I felt seeing Star Trek the motion picture or you know Empire Strikes Back. And you know, I, I just uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's fantastic, and I, I just think Filoni is such a good steward along with John Favreau with this franchise. It's very exciting. I think I, I loved how atmospheric the episode was i i love those giant beasts that we saw lumbering in the in the in the deep distance in the background you never really got to see what they are i thought it was really evocative and the the lanterns and i i texted dave to congratulate him and tell him that he, he said that before every take they had a pa run up and down that main street with a broomstick tapping all the lanterns to make them sway i'm glad yeah. he didn't write back steve who <laughs> <laughs> I dig the Mandalorian. I love Ahsoka as a character. I was very excited for her to be on. I thought it was a very effective episode. I was actually just as excited to see Michael Bean um, yes. in, uh, in that episode. I think my only real issue with it is um, I, I don't know. I don't know yet how I feel about um, sort of the Ahsoka portrayal um, because there was like, there was a certain like, attitudiness that I thought was a little bit missing from mm-hmm. Um, I think my other issue is I was a little annoyed by the ending of that episode, uh, mm-hmm. simply because I felt like it was built up to this big thing. I was excited to have her on that show. And, and I thought that, I thought it was really, really effective and really beautiful and really cool, but it was, but it was a little bit like that. Yeah, well, now the fan service is done. So uh, off you go Yeah, uh, with Grogu, you know, which is, Okay. Um, but that's, you're the guys who love Lone Wolf and Cub sort of vengeance, right? You know, yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, it just felt a little bit like let forced. Y- y- yes. Oh. Like, it, like, like you could skip that episode. Yeah. Or almost uh, backdoor piloty. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, almost like um, that's what here's, it is. Here's, here's my take I really like it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the show. I wish I could love it, though. That's the problem. I can't. I, I don't love it, and I think some of it is um, the need to see this stuff in live action means that it needs a reality that is a little more. And the, just one specific the the lightsaber fight that Ahsoka had with the uh, with the head of, of, yeah, um, and her and her uh, uh, best pike. It wasn't very good. The fight wasn't very good. Certainly not for someone who had two lightsabers. And it, it was just sort of by the by the numbers. And it should have been really great. And it just wasn't. And I don't know why that is. I don't know. I don't know why. But it needed to be much more. And it just it didn't get there for me. I got to say, not not this is not to disparage the show because I, I do. I like the show. I enjoy it immensely. That's a good point way of putting yeah. it. I enjoy it immensely. But to me, what it is, and, and, and this is not not a criticism. It's the six million dollar man. It's those kind of shows we watched in like the 70s and 80s that we as kids, 
we loved watching them yep. because they gave us everything we wanted. You know, he jumped higher than everybody. He threw people higher. He would have these standalone adventures. You know, occasionally the bionic dog would show up. And, you know, Jamie, one week, you know, Jamie Summers would show up. Another week, Bigfoot. Oh, my God. Bigfoot from Dynamite Magazine. This is amazing, right? To me, the Mandalorian is like the $6 million man. It's like if I was 10 years old, it would be the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. You know, well, um, you Glenn Larson's Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> now that you kind of lay it out that way, or Brent. the six million dollar Mandalorian. This, <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. That's the show I want to see. I mean, it even has it even has that kind of Ken Johnson Incredible Hulk, where at the end of the episode he helps the town, right? Just, and then he goes off in the Razor Crest. Well, with but Baby also, Yoda. like the best like comment I saw was like that somehow like. The, the thing that's most unrealistic about the Mandalorian is that every week he's able to find a babysitter for the kid. Right. <laughs> Speaking of guest stars, did you guys notice who played that magistrate that he dueled with? Yes. No. Yeah. The that stunt, actress was the Diana, Diana Inosanto, who is yeah. the daughter of Daniel Inosanto, who is Bruce Lee's sparring partner. That's quite a pull, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I recognize that, the name like in a Santo. That's awesome. That's another reason why you know the fight should have been better. Yeah. For the record, but, I was way more excited about Bo Katan, like in terms of just yeah. how I felt about it yeah. at the end of it. Well, and also it helped that you know she had played uh, Bo Katan in the Clone Wars, and yeah. that you know she looked exactly the same as she did in yeah. the Clone Wars, and the attitude and, was the same. It's just yeah. Plus, I love because I felt that expanded the Star Wars universe, that episode, because you mm -hmm. saw this wa water planet that was really cool. I know, Steve, there was Camino, okay? But this was like a, a water, <laughs> like a cool water planet, like at, at, at a factory planet. And it was just like, it, to me, that episode opened up. I love that barge and everything. It opened it up the Star Wars. a great grimy fishing village. It was cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really, and, I can't believe And cable knit sweaters. It's like, are we in an episode of The Rebel and the Rogue? Like, <laughs> <laughs> good plug. Uh, but no, I mean, I know we should be talking about Harrison Ford. We should but be like talking I said, about Harrison Ford. <laughs> Let's okay. talk about okay. Harrison Ford. I'm sorry for time for Star Wars. I'm, I'm sorry for getting us uh, <laughs> off the rails there. But I just had to know, you know. You got, you know you got our, our listeners yelling and screaming, get on with the week. You you said you you said it last you said it last week. The reason we do these podcasts now is because we can't go out on Sunday nights to Lola's anymore. Right. You know, so this is our Lola. So it's kind of like, you know, I had to like ask, and then now I'm expecting somebody to bring we me some. We should really just cheese. have more liquor then, because oh, and and some macaroni and cheese. And some although I think that one chocolate chip chocolate chip cookies cookies. Although the Violet way cookies. I grin the way the way I ate at Lola's, I would kill me now. So it's, it's probably. Just, <laughs> I would literally, I, I would die happy. So, <laughs> okay. So, and I don't know how Ashley would do that on the keto diet. To, to have, <laughs> you know, it's look at these chocolate chip cookies that they have. They smell so good. <laughs> no, guys, I'm fine. No, really, I, I don't even eat sugar anymore. No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, okay. So, uh, it's Harrison Ford week here on the 430 movie. Um, and uh, that brings us to Monday and Steve Melching with his pick, Harrison Ford, Monday. Well, I, uh, I, like I said before, it was really down to two movies for me. And I decided to go with the one that I feel doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm going to talk about it because it's a movie that I really do like. It's one of my favorite movies in his filmography. Uh, it is famously 
the only one of the only, if not the only of his films to lose money at the box office. Uh, and that is uh, 1986's The Mosquito Coast. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Wait, wait, we can't see, we it, can't see anything. You're fading in and out of our space-time continuum. Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to... You have to, you have to take my word for it. Take my word for it. Nope, and wait. I believe you don't have... There, like, it, oh, is. there it is. Three there or four pages okay, in yeah. front of you. There you go. <laughs> the Mosquito Coast. That's right. Directed okay, by... Tell me what I've won. It's an absolute sin to accept the decadence of obsolescence. Why do things get worse and worse? Listen, they don't have to. They could get better and better. We accept that things fall apart, but they don't have to. Yes, sir. They need to last forever. We eat when we're not hungry, drink when we're not thirsty, we buy what we don't need, and throw away everything that's useful. Why sell a man what he wants? Sell him what he doesn't need. Pretend he's got eight legs and two stomachs and money to burn. It's wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. There are people in New York that live on pet food and would kill you for a quarter. You don't dare take a walk for fear somebody will stick a knife in your ribs. Think about it. You stay home and they come in through the windows. Ten-year-old homicidal maniacs on every street corner. They go to school. <laughs> they go to school. <laughs> you you win uh, being able to listen to me yak about it for a couple minutes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'll buy you some chocolate chip cookies the next time we can do that. And a set of steak knives. Uh, yeah, directed by Peter Weir, uh, written by uh, Paul Schrader, based on the Paul Thoreau novel, uh, co-starring Helen Mirren and River Phoenix, uh, Martha Plimpton, and Jason Alexander from Seinfeld in a small role at the beginning. Um, this is a movie that was originally offered to Jack Nicholson to play the role of Ali Fox, uh, but apparently Jack didn't like the idea of uh, having to go to South America or Central America and miss going to his Laker games. So he bowed out. Uh, and the financing also bowed out on that movie. So Peter Weir made Witness first uh, with Harrison Ford and they got to talking on the set of that movie and Ford was intrigued by the story and agreed to make it uh, his next film. Uh, and Weir brought along most of his major crew members, his cinematographer, his editor, uh, Maurice Jarre, the, the composer to do the score uh, to make this movie. They filmed down in Belize uh, and in not Georgia, somewhere in the Southeast, uh, they filmed the, the United States scenes. And uh, you know, it's, it's a movie about the worst kind of pain in the neck, a know-it-all who's sometimes right. And Harrison Ford gives one of his, I think, most challenging performances. He, he, the character he plays, Ali Fox, is this prickly, arrogant, borderline racist inventor who uh, has really soured on uh, the American dream and uh, decides to relocate his family to the jungles of South America, where he can carve out a new life his way out of the jungle. And uh, he comes into conflict with uh, a, uh, a, a evangelical preacher uh, who, oddly enough, they're sort of two sides of the same coin. They both have this arrogant belief in how things should be. And this preacher is trying to bring Jesus to the natives. And Ali Fox is trying to bring his version of a self-sustaining anti-consumerist uh, utopia in the jungle. Uh, he buys this small town called Geronimo and becomes the mayor of it and puts everyone in the town to work building this utopia. 
Uh, and he's also an inventor and he builds a, a giant version of this ice making machine, bringing civilization to the savages uh, in the jungle. Just and... like Emmett Brown in uh, Back to the Future 3. <laughs> And, uh, you know, without spoiling it, because a lot of people probably haven't seen this movie, uh, things start to go wrong and they go from bad to worse. And it's a descent into madness of sorts uh, for Harrison Ford. And, and the, the family is, is fraying a little bit. And uh, I, I just think it's a terrific, challenging film. And it marked a real turning point in Harrison Ford's career. Uh, to that point, he had primarily played he was best known for these big heroic roles of, you know, Han Solo and Indiana Jones and, and uh, uh, you know, his, his Frisco Kid and Hanover Street and Force 10 from Navarone. And in Witness, he played a, a, a more dramatic role. And, and then uh, in, in this film, he's almost, uh, he's almost a villain uh, in a way. And uh, audiences didn't like seeing him that way. And it was hard to watch at times. And that's why I think the film was not a success, even coming off a, a big dramatic, critical success of Witness. Um, it was got very mixed reviews. Audiences were turned off by it. And Harrison Ford stopped playing parts like this. He went back to playing these much more mainstream blockbuster type roles, which he's brilliant at. I mean, I don't know if anyone does it better than him. Um, but I really wish that this film had been more of a success because I would have really loved to have seen Harrison Ford play more roles like this. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. They're turning into a TV series now, um, which is odd. But, of course, it's because of the book, not not because of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I think this really drove him to make some really bad choices uh, a little after, later in his career, you know, because there's that whole run of, movies like Hollywood Homicide, which we joked about, but even What Lies Beneath, which was a big success, but not a particularly good movie that he did with Bob Zemeckis. But, you know, he, he, there were a lot of movies that became Let's almost a joke. Let's not go through any more movies, just in case. No, we... no, no, but I, 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 look, I, if you have Seven Days, Seven Nights, or Random Hearts on your... God uh, damn it, Mark. Uh, the de <laughs> or the, the Devil's Own. I mean, I'd be, I'd be amazed. But, I mean, you know, he made some really questionable choices because I think you're right. I think Mosquito Coast really spooked him because he left it all out on the field and he was not rewarded for it. Although wasn't he nominated for an Oscar for it, if I'm not mistaken? I think not for this role. I, I think okay. maybe for a witness, he was nominated. Ah, okay. Okay. But um, it's a great choice. It's a challenging film. It asked a lot of its audience, but he's great in it. It's great. And, and can you imagine, I mean, Oliver Stone apparently wanted to cast him as Jim Garrison in JFK uh, rather than Kevin Costner. And can you imagine Harrison Ford playing that role? That would have been crazy. We would have, he, they, they would have caught the second shooter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about Harrison Ford is he looks a lot more like Jim Garrison That's true. than Kevin Costner did. And, um, you know, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the show, but I just finished Oliver Stone's biography. It's really good. For anyone who is, you know, since people I, I would think are listening to the show are big movie fans, I highly recommend it. You know, it's he wrote it himself. He's such a fine writer. It only goes through the end of Platoon, um, right as he's about to do Wall Street. It's so good. Um, you know, he talks about Vietnam. He talks about his ch challenging relationship with his parents. He, he talks really about the struggle because it isn't until Platoon that he really becomes a success. But his stories about making Salvador are... are phenomenal and then he you know he fesses up and he talks about seizure he talks about the hand he doesn't gloss over those things 
I there, really uh, love the book. Is Chasing there going to be a life. second volume? Will there be a second volume where he apparently, gets Apparently, uh, I guess, I'm, which I'm really interested because obviously he did some really interesting things later in his career. Um, certainly JFK. His, his, run of, yeah, his run of films in the late 80s to early to mid 90s were fantastic. Yeah, and he produced anyway. Wild Palms. Yeah, anyway, this is not Oliver Stone week. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want to say, if you're looking for a present for the film lover in your life, Chasing the Light, fantastic book. I, I couldn't put it down. Anyway. Um, so Monday, great choice, Mosquito Coast. Don't you think, Darren? I agree. And uh, it was definitely on my list of zigs and zags. Should I write down what I think you're going to pick? Uh, okay, go ahead. I don't okay. think you'll get it. You don't think I'm going to get I'm it? I'm just okay. going to say that, yeah. Okay, well, that helps me. Yeah, I that know. That's me. why I'm, I'm trying to help. Okay, I am writing it down. Okay. I don't think I'm going to get it. Okay. I've, I've written it down. Okay. Um, okay. Great. Uh, so Tuesday, it's Darren Dogterman. Tuesday um, is an interesting day because it's uh, like not quite the middle of the week. And it's not quite the beginning of the week. Sort of in the middle of the beginning. Um, but, oh, yeah. it is a, but it is a work day. And because of that. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm going to pick a movie where people do a lot of work in it, especially one working girl. Not without her. Jack. Trina, are you trying to blow this deal? No, sir. I'm trying to make sure that it gets done right. Tess is this team's leader. She put this deal together. We shouldn't proceed without her. And you shouldn't go letting your Johnson make business decisions for you. I'm not, sir. I'm telling you, she's your man. Oh? And what brings you to that conclusion? She said so, and I believe her. I'm afraid that's not good enough. Now, are you with us or not? No. 1988? That was was literally my second choice. Uh I, 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 I was deciding between that and the film I picked, and and I... You can say what the film you picked was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because I, I, I wanted to pick something that no one would ever think I would pick. And this is it. I really like Working Girl. I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, mm-hmm. the, uh, the great Mike Nichols directed it. Um, and, uh, you know, Melanie Griffith has never been better. Nope. Uh, and uh, Not Alec- Cherry 2000? No, especially not in Cherry 2000. <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin is, uh, is uh, very forgettable. Because when you watch this movie, you, for, you, you remember, oh, Alec Baldwin is in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the great surprise is, you know, along with uh, Ripley from Alien, we have Han Solo. We have Harrison Ford playing a character named Jack Trainer, who is a, you know, a kick-ass sort of uh, uh, legal and, uh, and business tycoon uh, and uh, puts together deals constantly. And uh, he is the go-to man that uh, Melanie Griffith sort of uh, accidentally comes in contact with, but, uh, and he helps her along in her project uh, and also other things along the way. Um, but it's a very sweet movie. It's, uh, it's got a, you know, it's uh, not really a romantic comedy, although it kind of is, but there's not really a lot of romance in it. Um, it has some great characters and great actors and uh, 
And Harrison Ford is Mr. Suave in this. He's really cool and he's really um, uh, centered and he's, he's really just playing a nice guy. Uh, and he's a lot of fun to watch in this one. People forget it was a big hit too. Huge Working hit. Girl was a big hit for Fox. Yeah. Uh, um, and he's great in it. It's a great movie, great cast. You know, um, it just kills me because I was, oh, I was so close. <laughs> Damn, I, I, I'm not surprised that you picked it. And a fine choice it is. It's one of those great uh, sort of star turn mid-range movies that yeah. don't get made anymore. With You've got a bunch of really great movie stars together in a really fun, lively, solid sto- yeah. romance. Story. It's like a really expensive Hallmark movie, but with <laughs> good writing. Right. And movie stars. And movie stars. Well, yeah, and it's a, fi- a fine line because you had, you know, you had a movie like Ivan Reitman's Legal Eagles with Robert Redford and Daryl Hannah, and I forget who the third lead was uh, in that. Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger. Right. Oh, Deborah Winger. And that thing was a freaking disaster, right? That yeah. was just a CA package. It was a disaster. But, you know, Working Girl, it's the same kind of thing and it's the exact opposite. It's charming and it's wonderful. And of course, it's Mike Nichols, yeah. at, you know, still at the top of his game. It's just a great movie. And again, the power movie stars right there. Yeah, but I think, delightful. I think that, you know, I hate to say this, but I think that it would have worked if there weren't movie stars in it. Because when it got made, is really good. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's true. Right. But I think that that the the direction is so good, and the script is so good that it, I think it would have worked without any of them. Honestly. Well, that's an interesting observation, Clark, because you might have said something to the effect they don't really make these kinds of movies anymore, and I, I think not in the sense that they just don't make them like that anymore, but in the sense that this was a film that I, I think existed and got uh, got a release simply because of the star power behind it mm-hmm. that if it, if it were a different cast it simply wouldn't have the wattage right to get a green light that you're literally going to watch these people on screen because otherwise it could it could feel too slight i mean i think it could certainly work because i think it's wonderfully written i think it's wonderfully directed um and there are lots of great actors out there um, but part of the pleasure of this movie is going to see this cast right. um, with their charisma, uh, you know, playing these roles that are just so enjoyable. And that's what makes it a movie. And I think we've, we've perhaps entered an era where that's, that kind of charisma is, is not really what makes a movie a movie yes like you'll package a big star to help get a green light on something that's enormous but it's not a reason that people will go that's right that's exactly right and and that's kind of sad i kind of miss that i mean maybe we see that stuff now on you know on maybe netflix is kind of doing that a little bit that's what gets that green light on netflix is that kind of cast it's a big payday for people because there aren't like the movie stars like that i mean they're you know, very few. And the people who can command those kind of paychecks, like, you know, Brad Pitt, even he did a Netflix movie, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Will Smith, he did a, a Netflix movie. So, you know, the, you really only have like these old stars uh, that, that, you know, very few of them left, you know, who, who still there's a, uh, you know, streaming, what's that, you know, and Harrison Ford, but even Harrison Ford now is talking about doing a TV show, right. you know? So 
and and Arnold's doing TV show. Not that he's, uh, you know, the kind of star he once was anymore. Yeah. So, you know, that whole um, bifurcation between, you know, what a movie star was and TV star is, you know, completely breaking down. Maybe and it kind of devalues. Maybe Harrison well, Ford will show up in, uh, I don't know, The Mandalorian. Maybe. Part of it is, I think, the the difference in the, I mean, we talked a little bit about this, but um, the difference in the experience of watching something in the movie theater versus watching something on a television screen. There are some actors um, who, when they're 40 feet high, they're amazing, right? Like you watch uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. You, you, I went to see that uh, AFI, like was did a re-release, was at the Arclight and just watching him, just like a simple scene. It's just, you know, it's, he was sitting there feeling sorry for himself and it was just a close-up on him and his face just like you just go oh yeah he's a goddamn movie star like and not everybody is that and it's not even a matter of like being beautiful it's just a matter of um of character and you certainly i don't care how big your television screen is it's it's more difficult to get that experience yeah absolutely Absolutely. And look, I think that's why we'll continue. These are two smaller Harrison Ford films, but we can't forget that he was also the star of some of the biggest franchises in the history of cinema. He, you know, which is what made him a movie star. Uh, but then right, he but used that's that why cloud. we're not naming those movies. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, but he used that cloud to make more interesting films. And it's always great when an actor who has that kind of success then invests it back in the business in a sense, you know, by using their clout to get these movies made that maybe wouldn't have gotten made otherwise, like the Six Cito days, Coast. seven nights. <laughs> well, that, as they say, paycheck gig. That's for Anne Hachwee. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we'll be waiting a while Along for that with one. Along a psycho remake. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that brings us, of course, to, to Wednesday and Ashley. And this will be interesting. Which way will Ashley go? I don't have. I have a blank thing for this. I, I, <laughs> I would too if I were I you. Could, I, I could. I can't. I won't even attempt to pick what Ashley's you know, going to pick. I really. I actually kind of agonized about this um, because here's what's interesting about Harrison Ford's filmography, right? It's he's he's got like obviously the big franchise films, and he's got some of these great films that that Steve and Darren are are talking about, and there are certainly others, right? But the truth is that beyond like a bunch of the gimmies, like there aren't a lot of little hidden gems or just little hidden, you know, weird, you know, bits in his filmography, which is sometimes like what I get attracted to. Sometimes just, I do it just to get under Mark's skin. Hello, League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there's like, there's, there's, there's nothing that's quite there. That, so I'll, I'll tell you like, I, um, I know that like Mark is, is not going to pick Force 10 from Navarone, which is, but you know, it's, just, it, was in it. It, it's a, it, but Barbara Bach, that was, I might've named it except for the fact that the, the selling point for me, like when I watched that on HBO on an infinite loop, when I was like 10 years old was Barbara Bach in a bathtub. Are you kidding me? That wasn't about Harrison Ford. It had nothing to do with him. Um, so, okay. Uh, here's what's been on my mind and it's, it's, it's been on my mind since our, our talk last week um, and certainly our discussion of The Mandalorian and the experience of watching things. That was this week. It only feels like last week. It only feels like <laughs> last week, right? 
Um, but just the, the idea of how our kids respond to things versus how we respond to things and um, how we responded to things as kids, right? Uh, and I'm gonna go straight up the middle on this one, um, but, but I, I, I need to lay out why. So my pick is gonna be Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but here's okay. why. So a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to take Caden uh, to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark for the very first time in a movie theater. And I was, you know, really curious as to how he would respond to it, right? Like, would it speak to him? Like, you know, would he dig it? You know, would it, would it scan at all? Because so many things now just owe, like they just owe to Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Does it still stand up if, you had never seen it before and you've seen all the other mm -hmm. crap, right? And here's the thing, when Indy busts out the gun and shoots the dude with the swords, Caden leaped out of his chair and burst into laughter like it was the best thing he had ever seen. Because <laughs> it is. Because it is. <laughs> And that's how I knew, you know what? That movie just works. And he just works. And I own Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on a, a billion different media, right? I've, I've got it for streaming. And I have refused to show that film to that boy because in my heart, I've been waiting for it to be re-released onto the big screen. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about that film before. Um, I don't know if we've picked it before, but we've talked about it in the context of how it's, it's even though this group definitely loves it, you know, it's, it's not generally speaking the most revered of the, of the sequels, right? Like there's just, I, I think it's kind of unfairly maligned for, for whatever reason, but the truth of the matter By is that- Spielberg and Lucas the most. Yeah, yeah. exactly. One of those guys, no. Um, no, I- <laughs> And look, I love this movie. I loved this movie when it came out. It was just, it was dark and it was weird and it was fun and it was funny and it was scary. Um, and, you know, I love the relationship with, with the short round. I mean, it's just, I loved all of that stuff. Like I didn't even mind Kate Capshaw when I was a kid. I don't think Caden would either. And if there is anything that I want movie wise, like as a dad, like, sharing the movie going experience like with my kids like the thing i want more than anything else is the opportunity to go and see this film on the big screen with my kid and let him see it that way i mean i don't know if that's going to happen i hope it does um but to me like that movie is worth it that character is worth it uh regardless of of what happened later particularly in in crystal skull that that character is He's great. He's everything. Um, he's the you know he's the closest thing that the that American film has to James Bond. Right. Well, I'll tell you, Ashley. I think you'll get your wish uh, because uh, about a year ago, uh, the American Cinematheque showed all three of the original Indiana Jones films at the Arrow Theater, and it was packed. It was sold out. And I'll tell you. Uh, Temple of Doom played like gangbusters to that sold out audience. And so because it's such a draw, I'm sure once we're able to go back 
into movie theaters that the Cinematheque will, that will be in their rotation. Be amazing. Uh, I got to tell you, this is like when matter and antimatter collide because my pick was going to be Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) What does this mean, Mark? If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. Because, you know, I feel like his performance in that movie is so great. Mm-hmm. It starts like a 1930s screwball comedy. That that whole anything goes sequence is virtuoso filmmaking. And, you know, he's wearing the white tux and he's part James Bond, you know, part Cary Grant. And then, you know, suddenly then, you know, he's he's, you know, uh, a nice try Lausche. And then he's jumping off yeah. airplanes and. Um, and and, and well, the, I mean, the, the way he was playing drunk in that scene when he's all woozy, mm-hmm. I mean, it's freaking hilarious. And and then the way, you know, it, it, you have that screwball comedy stuff with Kate Capshaw, but then he's in the palace and it's all the Gunga Din stuff. And then he's the adventurer and then he gets possessed. And, you know, then he's the hero. I like I there's so many shading stamp. Now, look, to me, Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom is not. However, so, you know, look, if it, I, you guys, my favorite Harrison Ford movie, it certainly would be Raiders over Temple of Doom. Yeah. But I feel for a Harrison Ford week, the Temple of Doom, given what we said about it being the bastard stepchild. Yeah. Well, now, it's thank not you, as good, Crystal but Skull. it's equally as enjoyable. That's right. It has a lot of clever things going. And I think I like the underdog nature of it because it's so uh, maligned unjustly mm-hmm. by its filmmakers, as well as a lot of the audience that, I, you know, I take, you know, I have a lot of love for it. And yeah. he's just great in it. He's Harrison Ford is great in it. So um, I totally approve of that pick. It just puts me in a little bit of a- Well, and, and, the, and the commitment that he brought to that role. I, I think Ford has often said that that was his favorite character to play. He loved playing Indiana Jones much more than Han Solo is. He thought Indiana Jones is a lot more interesting, had a lot more shadings to him. And, uh, you could see that commitment in what he put himself through he to play that role. He suffered a near crippling back disorder from yeah. one of the stunts. Wow. And, and it put him out of commission for like three months. Yeah. And, and the personal training that he did with Body by Jake, you know, to build up his, you know, his muscles and his physique. I mean, you took his shirt off in that movie and you're like, this dude is kind of jacked. I mean, he was he was kind of wiry in, in Raiders, but now he's like a tank. It was, it was also a prequel, so, you know. This, yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he went to see it a little bit. You know, he's teaching. You know, it's a lot of eating and stuff. But, yeah, it's a great choice. It's a great choice. It's a wonderful film. And I think the reason that audience you talk about, Steve, reacted the way it did, you know, because it probably is the most underseen of the movies. Everyone's seen Raiders. 
you know, Last Crusade is beloved by most of the audience. You know, that's the other one, people. I mean, I know people who that's their favorite Indiana Jones of a certain age, right? Which is crazy. And no one likes <laughs> Crystal Skull. So, but, you know, so Doom sort of gets lost. And uh, it's funny because when I, sh we took, like you did with Caden, we took Isaac to see Raiders of Law and Ella to, to Raiders of the Lost Ark um, uh, at an outdoor screening. This was before the pandemic. And, uh, you know, loved the movie and then wanted to see the others. But Isaac's favorite uh, Indiana Jones movie is Temple Doom. He, he liked it better. And I, I was worried that he was going to find it scary. And quite the contrary. Not only did he find it scary, that was his favorite favorite movie. And he went around, you know, quoting Short Round for the next, you know, three months. Well, <laughs> I think the I think the answer is obvious. I mean, while Raiders of the Lost Ark is just a terrific adventure movie, it's uh, the straightforward, but with a sly sense of humor, great characters, great storyline, impeccable storytelling, beautiful direction. Temple of Doom and Last Crusade has a lot of heart to it. You know, you've got that great relationship with Sean Connery and it's kind of a light and airy, you know, uh, capstone to the trilogy. Temple of Doom though, is just the most fun. It's the most sort of, it has the most sort of demented energy to it. And it's got that dark sense of humor and the gross out stuff and crazy over the top action. And that huge score, uh, John Williams score underneath it all. It's just so energetic and propulsive and, and just, just bigger than life. It's, it's a true Saturday morning series in its sort of its purest form. Well, I think it's so interesting because I think when we see Raiders of the Lost Ark, we knew nothing about it. This was like, you you, you know, I, I literally thought it was about Noah's Ark when I went to right. see it, but I yes, just me too. Done, done classic pictures, <laughs> yeah. right? So we you know, went in the Raiders knowing nothing and just absolutely falling in love like it was the greatest thing you'd ever seen. So you went to the Temple of Doom thinking you knew what to expect right. and they threw you a total curveball. It was nothing like you expected it to be, right? And then Crusade is exactly what you expected yeah. it right. to be. Yeah. So, you know, Doom is so just surprising and weird. And I think that's why people had a tough time uh, accepting it. Even I, at the time, you know, found it a little difficult with voodoo dolls and all that stuff. But I always loved that first 20 minutes. And, and, and it only gets better with age. That's why I'm looking forward to Spielberg's West Side Story. Because at the time, after doing the Anything, Anything Goes uh, uh, segment, he said, you know, I want to direct a musical. This is my chance to direct a musical. So I can't wait to see, you know, West Side okay. Story for him to finally do a musical. Well, and, and the one sheet to Temple of Doom just yeah. sets the tone, that that image of, of oh, Indy with the shirt ri half ripped off and holding the machete, you know, the sword in one hand and looking all kind of bedraggled, you know, trust him. I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah. Well, could you see something like Doom coming out now with Twitter? Oh, my God. Steven Spielberg movie. The children are being kept as prisoners and tortured. And what is this depiction of Indian culture of the, the you know, this is this is this is movie should be uh, burned. I mean, it's like an effigy. I mean, like, could you couldn't put that movie out now. Parents would be like, I took my kids to see this movie and their kids being tortured. You know, they ate monkey brains, you know, and, and they Right. The lady, all the lady wants to do is dress up in nice outfits and she screams and has to be rescued all the time. Right. Even then that got criticized. for. That. But she was yeah. that type. She was a showgirl, you know, yeah. in a 1930s movie, you know, who yeah. only cared about. And, and she grew through the movie. I mean, because she wasn't the same person. You know, Willie Scott wasn't the same person at the end of the movie that she was at the beginning. It's called the character arc. 
you know, but people like, oh, so offended because, you know, it was just a depiction of dating of, the of, director. Of, <laughs> uh, ultimately, yes. But uh, but it's just it's a wonderful movie. And I think it's a it's a wonderful choice. And just a, again, getting back to Harrison, a great performance by Harrison yeah. Ford. 100 percent. So it, it embodies his his aesthetic of person of uh, physical acting. I think he calls right. it physical acting. But I have the antidote for it. Antidote. <laughs> antidote. So great that that whole sequence is so great on the platter. Yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's <laughs> so because you were going to pick that for Thursday, Mark, what is your choice now? Well, tell us. What, is it the film I thought you were going to pick? I think it probably it is. It could be, but it's not going to be. <laughs> okay. I thought this is what I this is what I thought you were going to pick. It's firewall, I, isn't it? No, no. Yeah, come on. Get no, off my no. firewall. <laughs> I thought because you know, Darren, I I thought you know you knew Steve was going to go with Witness or Mosquito Coast, right? So you were going to go, and and I think your feeling was Blade Runner was too straight down the middle. That wasn't you know, so you you would go with something a little more offbeat and unexpected. So. I thought it was either going to be Working Girl Second or The Frisco Kid. <laughs> I thought you were going to go absolutely wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I thought maybe and when we get going... to Friday, I'll tell you what my other choice was going to okay, be. Okay, so it's not Frisco Kid. No, with Gene Wilder and Harrison Ford. Which I remember growing up, everyone used to say, "Oh man, Frisco Kid, Harrison Ford, so great, such a great movie." It's really not that great. It's not. And Robert Aldrich directed did like the Dirty Dozen, Kiss yeah. Me Deadly, doing a comedy now. You know, I'm not going to pick something like Apocalypse Now because his role is thankless. You know, right. be like picking the conversation. It's a tiny role in great movies. They're both great movies, but they're not Harrison Ford movies, right? You know, same thing, even American Graffiti. Can you really get away with picking no, American Graffiti? They're not I don't think so. Ford tough. Yeah, they're not built Ford. They're not <laughs> built Ford tough. You know, um, so I'm going to go, and I'm definitely not going with Expendables 3. Um, <laughs> my God. What are they talking about? Paycheck, paycheck gigs. Um, I'm going to go with, this is tough. This is tough because I want to go in one direction and I'm being pulled in another. So, you know. Just say it. I can't okay, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with clear and present danger. You're going to jail, pal. What is that? What do you think you have there? You broke the law. You are such a boy scout. Look at you. You see everything in black and white. No, no, no. Not black and white, Ritter. Right and wrong. Well, you see? There you go again. Why was I kept out of it? You weren't kept out of it. You're neck deep in it. You went before Congress and you got the money for it. You went before Congress and you lied to I never Congress. lied to Congress. You lied to Congress. You, you said Congress. Advice. Well, give me you that told chance. them no troops. There are troops, Jack. I didn't know that. You know I didn't know that. No. I have no recollection of that. That's the term you have to learn. Who authorized this? I'm sure they'll ask you that. Who authorized this? I have no recollection, Senator. Okay, all I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to go with Clear and Present Danger. I think it's his best performance as Jack Ryan. Um, the, it was directed by Phil Noyce, who would you know come on the scene with a, a Dead Calm, great little nail-biting thriller. And it's funny because you didn't think Harrison Ford had it in him because Patriot Games is so terrible right. and uh, not very good. And you know this is coming on the heels of Hunt for October, which is terrific. With I'm Alex, sick Baldwin. of these Patriot Games. <laughs> <laughs> but Clear and Present Danger, you know, really is a smart 
espionage thriller. William Defoe is great, and Harrison Ford is uh, much better as Jack Ryan than he is in, in Patriot Games, which is you know not a particularly t- good movie. Uh, but Clear and Present Danger is great, and uh, you know came out where he was could do no wrong. It was that age of like you know the Fugitive and Air Force One and, and Clear and Present Danger, all great movies. But I just think the Clear and Present Danger um, again, it, 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 it's him acting. You know, and and uh, he he's terrific in it. Although I could have very easily gone with Air Force One, which he's also great in. And you buy him as a president. You also buy him as a president who can kick Gary Oldman's ass. So that's uh, <laughs> that's that that's that's impressive. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, look, I think that leaves us in a quandary for for Friday. Well, I just want to say that I just want to say I'm glad that you picked this one because I've always been very fond of Clear and Present Danger, and I, I, I always felt that people liked Patriot Games more, and I could never understand that because I, I'm not a particular fan of Patriot Games, but Clear and Present Danger is terrific, yeah. a terrific uh, political uh, action thriller. Has a great ambush scene. Yeah, that's yeah. a yeah. terrific scene where, where where they're ambushed. Um, you know, it's terrific because, again, it's a guy who has to do his he doesn't want to. He's afraid to you know, he's not charging in, you know, but he realizes he has to do the right thing because he's onto this conspiracy and only he can deal with it. But, you know, he's not like chomping at the bit to be an action hero. He's the reluctant hero, which is great. So in that sense, it's like, you know, an old Western in a way. But I, think um, it, I, I mentioned this before on the show. Um, but I think that Harrison Ford is a little bit miscast as Jack Ryan. You have said that, and I agree with that, but yep. I think he's best in Clear and Present Danger. I, I, that's the best Jack Ryan movie he was in, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's why Patriot Games doesn't work for me, whereas Clear and Present Danger works like yeah. gangbusters. Um, and, uh, but I, I, I will say I came very close to picking Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 because, of course, but he doesn't like his performance in Blade Runner. That's one where the audience picked him. He didn't pick it. Yeah. I don't know. Blade Runner, Blade Runner for me is an experience for living in the future. It is not appreciating Harrison Ford's acting because it's not very good in it. So it's Ridley Scott week. It's not it is. Harrison yeah, Ford week. Exactly. Yeah, and in Blade Runner 2049, as much as I think Denny Villeneuve did a great job, it's Harrison Ford sitting around strapped inside a In a great t-shirt. For... <laughs> <laughs> Although that... I do, I love the stuff in Vegas a, a lot. Yeah. Uh, that stuff's great. So then for, for Friday, we're left with Hollywood Homicide. Is that what we're talking? <laughs> well, look, there's so many. Let's talk about Friday. My so other many... choice was yeah, going to hear. be okay. The oh, Fugitive. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because it's, it's a, Harrison Ford. We could do whatever, and it's the third season. But yeah, but because yeah. it's so good. Yeah, and he's oh yeah really good in it. Because a man yeah. comes into his house who has a mechanical arm. He had a mechanical arm. Yeah, and then kill my wife. There's so much finger acting in this movie. <laughs> so all the fingering is happening yeah. in this film. You think I? You think I choked her? <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. Look, yeah. I think Friday could easily be <laughs> could be the fugitive Air Force One, but I, I well, would but make. You know what? My second pick was, and if this was my big struggle. It was going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm. Now, the creators of Jaws and Star Wars bring you a totally modern hero. Trust me, and the new age of adventure. 
from the jungles of Peru to the streets of Cairo, from the greed of the pharaohs to the wrath of God. Raiders of the Lost Ark, rated PG. Opens June 12th at a theater near you. Check local newspapers. That is the movie that transformed Harrison Ford from, you know, the star of Star Wars into a, a movie star, yeah. an international right. movie star. That's the movie that made him yeah. a star. And as we've talked about, we've never picked it on the show ever. We right. haven't uh, for Spielberg no. Week. Didn't we pick no. it Spielberg no. Week? We no, it was too obvious. Oh wow! I thought we picked wow. it for Spielberg Week, and not uh, for not for Adventure Week either. Uh, really? What is our problem? You should listen to the show. We we know nothing. Well, we picked Temple of Doom, I think, on yeah. Adventure did Week. Oh, did we? Fuck, did but, I? Pick uh, it? <laughs> I think it was Friday's. Friday. Okay, good. But Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> is a you know it's a freaking masterpiece, and Harrison Ford carries that movie. I mean, it's 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 a terrific story. You know, uh, written by uh, George and uh, um, Phil Kaufman, uh, Phil Kaufman and uh, uh, and George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan, <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan, yeah, that, you know, that, that guy, <laughs> the guy from that thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a mass. It's a masterpiece. It's one of the best movies of the 80s. And Harrison Ford. No, no, it, it's one of the best me. movies of all time. Yeah, it's better than one of the best movies of the 80s. And it that has one of my favorite cuts of perfectly. all time. Truck? When you're what truck? And then oh, yeah. boom to the truck. And you're in the middle of the action scene. And the, the thing that's great about Michael it Khan. just that it's truck, what truck, and you're in the middle of it. It's also just his reaction. Like when he's like, what? You know, yeah. he couldn't possibly be less prepared for the action scene that follows. And then he's in that action Look, scene. Yeah. And it's awesome. Everything. Dougie Slocum, DP, amazing. Michael Kahn, editor, amazing. John Williams score. To think after Star Wars and Empire. He could top himself with Raiders. You talk about one truck. And Superman. And, and Superman. Superman. And second unit director Mickey Moore, who is a master yep. at action. Absolutely. I mean, it's and incredible. Down. It's incredible. It takes every, you, know, you talk about an homage to the action serials, but it takes, every, it built on everything from Gunga Din to, um, to uh, uh, a stagecoach to all, you know, all these great movies. And it didn't just put them in a blender. It just knew it was like a surgeon masterfully taking this the, the best of all of all, all the cinema, ingredients. Yeah, you know, the, you know, less than a hundred years of cinema and turning into almost the perfect movie. I mean, there is nothing wrong there with that script. There is not a misstep. There's not a clunk, clunky thing about it. <laughs> so perfect. And when I saw it in 1980, I knew it. And every time I've watched it since, I marvel at that movie about yeah. how perfect it is well yeah oh. and like you mentioned before when going into it i thought it was about a cowboy looking for noah's ark and i had yeah. no interest in it even though <laughs> despite the presence of harrison ford steven spielberg and george lucas right. and it it changed my it, it changed my world in a in a similar way that star wars did i was obsessed with that movie and as soon as i could find one i bought a bullwhip and you know learned to crack a whip and you know hit myself with it many times and you know track down fedoras and you know, ultimately put together a screen accurate Indiana Jones costume. It's like the only cosplay I've really ever done is uh, Indiana Jones. And uh, you know, I have a the one sheet hanging in my house. It's it was such an influential movie on me, and certainly one of my top ten or even five movies of all time. And Harrison Ford is 
central to that. He's perfect. Well, we before we put that to a vote, I want to say there are a couple other things to consider. You know, um, I, this is a movie I wanted to like a lot more than I did. Frantic. I'm a big yeah, Ron Polanski yeah. fan. Um, I, 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 you know, I really wanted to like it. It's not a great movie. I liked it better when it was called Taken ten years later. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't have that special set of skills, I guess. Um, There's also a, a, a less good movie regarding Henry. Right, the JJ movie. The JJ written movie. Um, I haven't seen that one. He's good in it, but no yeah. one else is. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. You know, and and Presumed Innocent is another great director, Alan Pakula. Yeah, not a great movie though. Yeah, great John Williams score. Uh, again, uh, uh, Ford's very good in it. Not a great movie. And 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 you know, we talk about we started at the beginning talking a lot how people in early in his career compared him to Humphrey Bogart. So he did the remake of Sabrina. Right. with um, Greg Kinnear in the William Holden role. Right. And um, that kind of tells I, you the level yeah, it was yeah. at. Well, <laughs> Sidney Pollack directed it and I love Sidney Pollack, yeah. but no one should remake Billy Wilder. Right. And um, it's not a great remake. And uh, Harrison Ford again, gives it his all and he's good in it, but also Julie Armand is no Audrey Hepburn. Right. So and we um, skipped over, we skipped over this one before. And we've also mentioned it on the show in, in I think a couple weeks, Witness. Yeah. Well, yeah, is right. a great, great yes. movie, and I think that's the movie that actually turned him into a movie star. Right. Those was others, he, he was a blockbuster star, but right. Witness proved that he could actually act and and hold his own in a very serious movie. True. I adore Witness. Yeah. I think I picked it for Romance Week mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. It's like another one of my favorite movies of the 80s. He's the whole cat. It's another like kind of perfect movie directed yeah. by Peter Weir, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, beautiful Maurice Jarre score and a, a terrific cast and, and this great unique setting. It's like a genre mashup of the uh, 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 the fish out of water story with the, you know, the a crime yeah. thriller. Yeah. And it's just, if you have not seen this movie, do yourself a favor, see Witness. It's fantastic. And it's actually out on, on disc. Right. You can actually yeah. buy the Blu-ray of it. Unlike Mosquito Coast, which I think you can rent uh, for Warner, streaming in HD. Warner Archive put out Mosquito Coast, but it's 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 manufacturer on demand. On Blu-ray? Uh, oh, yeah, on, Blu on Mosquito Coast? I, yeah, really? yeah. Warner Archive. Are you sure? Yeah, and yeah. I, I just need to do this joke again because it's, I love it. This boy is a witness. <laughs> and, uh, well, that, and that reminds me uh, mosquito coast was actually the first film of uh, uh harrison ford's uh he, he said get off my land in that right. movie and then of course you know get off my plane you know he's always at, shouting at people getting off of his something. finger get off get my off whip get off my firewall <laughs> get off my wife wait what? What? <laughs> what? Uh, and, and okay, so he's also very good in Forty Two uh, about Jackie Robinson. Yeah, uh, it's a smaller supporting role, which is to his credit that he did it. It seems that he had uh, a bad nose makeup on, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't I, hold that know, against him. I, I blame uh, him. He didn't apply it. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and let's you know, let's not forget some of his extracurricular activities, flying his helicopter around and like rescuing people and, and crash landing airplanes. And <laughs> he's an amazing he's an amazing guy. I and mean, he's this amazing talent. You know. Also, uh, of course, we didn't mention he was married to Melissa Matheson, which is the reason right. ET exists because Lucas, you know, found out. Uh, not Lucas Spielberg heard about this wonderful story. 
uh, through Harrison Ford from Melissa Matheson. Had they not been married, it's unlikely he would have ever made E.T. Um, and uh, it's, oh, just- it's, it's speaking of his personal life. I don't know if I told this story in the show before, but when I was a USC student, uh, one of my one of my uh, ex girlfriends friends close friends um, had a roommate who was dating this this student uh, in in at USC and went over to his house one night and they were watching TV or something uh, late at night and the the door opens and her, his dad walks in and he says all right break it up you two and she turned around it was Harrison Ford he was dating he was dating Ben Ford didn't make the connection that Ford Harrison Ford yeah. oh that's funny and of course he he helped he was one of the carpenters who helped build the director's guild building in Los Angeles okay i did not and know that and it's still standing and it's still <laughs> standing to this day <laughs> built Ford tough that's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then, you know, look, I want to, I would argue for one other movie because you mentioned Raiders for Friday, the empire strikes back. Yeah, I think yeah. it's best performance is Han Solo. It's again, thanks to Irvin, Irvin Kirshner. Uh, it, there's a lot going on there. Um, there's some great uh, um, scenes with Carrie. And the um, best ad lib of all time. Yeah. There you, yeah <laughs> best true. ad lib of all time. But I have to say, that I think he did a better job in Star Wars because he had no direction basically, and he mm. created he that. Type this shit, George, but you can't say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. Han Solo was his creation basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's that's true. He, he brought that that masculine swagger mm-hmm. that that Harrison Ford had. It's sort of effortless with him. I mean, you watch those movies; he's like thirty three years old or yeah. something in Star Wars, and he doesn't yeah. seem like it. He's a freaking man. The I mean, way, I remember when I was the way he walks out of the cantina, yeah, is iconic. And we're just looking as he walks out, and that's it. But his presence is amazing. That yeah. confidence, that yeah. swagger, it's incredible. He's got well, that that yeah. Well, we're gonna have to make a decision here. So many good choices. So many good choices. I mean, you you said just a few: the Fugitive, Air Force One, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark. A lot of great choices. Ender's Game. <laughs> he's he's like, he's okay in Ender's Game. He's not great, but he's okay. Um, I don't know. I, I I would strongly advocate for Raiders of the Lost Ark because we've never picked it on the show, and it's one of his most iconic roles. Even though we also have Temple of Doom in this episode, right? They're different. I, I'd go along with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd support you in that decision, Steve. Yeah, I have to. I can't argue against Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, there is. I mean, it, <laughs> as much no as I'd like to see Air Force One or The Fugitive, you know, or, uh, you know, be represented. I mean, it's Raiders. And, and you know, every week should have Raiders in it. It's a clear and present classic. Yeah, it, it, it's really a remarkable. It's just a great film. And I think when it's, you know, people just say, oh, it's a great genre film. It's a great no, film. It's a great film. Yeah, it's a great film. So one of the best and uh just uh just marvelous and so memorable and uh, so repeatable and i'm really glad because i guess paramount's finally going to release it in 4k next year for some anniversary i don't know what the anniversary is i guess the idea it's the 40th anniversary of raiders because came out in 81 right at the year of vampire so yeah next year is the the 40th anniversary because of course we have to have an anniversary to release anything god forbid (laughs) we release it without tying it in does anyone buy blu-rays for an anniversary i know i don't well i do when they're offered 
Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, <laughs> oh, wow, it's, it's the 37th anniversary. It's the 35th anniversary of this film or it's the 25th anniversary. So I got to buy it as opposed to I wouldn't buy it if it wasn't celebrating an anniversary. Part of me doesn't want to know how goddamn old the movie is. <laughs> it makes me feel old. I know. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Okay. So Monday, Steve. Monday is Harrison Ford in the Mosquito Coast. Tuesday, Darren. Working girl. And on Wednesday, it's... We walk from here, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. On uh, Thursday, it's clear and present danger. And on Friday, dun, 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 dun. Adventure has a new name. Raiders of, of the Lost, Lost Ark. And we just want to be clear. What? It is not no, Indiana Jones. There's no Indiana Jones in that title. He's in the it's movie. Not. He doesn't need to be in the title. That's right. And there's no care. episode yeah, for a new alphabetize shit, George. Yeah. Didn't the Schmenke brothers do a, a, a cover? Raiders of the Lost. No, that was the five neat guys. Oh, the five neat guys. Yes. <laughs> I've got my SCTV wires crossed. That's all right. Sorry. They're the same people. So yes. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, look, this is a great week. Can't go wrong yeah. with any of these movies. Fantastic. And hopefully he'll be making many more. Um, you know, uh, just uh, the guy uh, is, is just, um, you know, I mean, he just did Call the Wild there earlier this year. He's a and, national uh, treasure. Yeah. <laughs> Rise of the Rise of Skywalker last year. He did a, a cameo. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and, he was in uh, The Secret Life of Pets 2. Is the voice of Rooster the Dog on the farm? <laughs> So you just can't. Yeah, you can't I know these wrong. things. I've got children, man. And he was an anchor man too. Yeah, he was. That's right. <laughs> he was a massive, massive a hole in anchor. And it'll be very interesting to see if he, um, you know, uh, it, it, how things go with the new Indiana Jones movie. Obviously, a new director, James Mangold. It'll be very interesting to see. You know, I think we're going to have to go uh, over a lot of bridges for that one because I don't believe it's ever going to happen. I know they're saying it will. I know they're, everyone's planned it. I'm not holding my breath. Mm. Well, we'll see. Yeah. You know, but uh, he's someone, you know, one of a few people. If Harrison Ford's in a movie, it's probably worth seeing. So this has been the 430 movie. This is Built Ford Tough Week, Harrison Ford. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode of the 430 movie. And if you're a fan of the show, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and you can pick up some great 430 Movie swag for the holidays at 430movie.com. That's 430movie.com, where you can pick up T-shirts, mugs, notepads, hats, all kinds of wonderful stuff. Steve, show us what you got there. What are you wearing? Look, that's just well, one of many. For Harrison Ford week, it's the Empire Strikes Back logo treatment. Yes. Fantastic. Protein from the sea. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that's for Michael Anderson week. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to hold off on that one. Uh, Michael York week. Michael perhaps. York week. Yeah. Or how about Jenny Acker Jenny, week? Uh, yeah, that's the uh, week. <laughs> that's a much better week. That's a great so, uh, Anyway, but um, we want to thank you for listening to the Fourth Third Movie. If you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Inglorious Trexperts, our Star Trek podcast, as well as uh, Rebel in the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast, and uh, the great best movies never made. And there's a new podcast coming to town in 2021. Steve and Ashley, you want to tell us about it? Do we want to tell you about it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. We can tell you about it. 
Um, we're still finalizing some of our details, but it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, Steve and I are launching a podcast about the ins and outs of making your favorite animation. We'll be talking to creators, voice actors, artists, um, just plain fans, uh, producers. I mean, we've got an amazing list of guests, and it is all about um, the stuff that we love um, and how it's done and brought to you by people who love doing it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, I'm sure when it's about to launch, uh, you'll let us know more so we, we can promote it. We'll have to record a, a promo for because we don't have enough promos at the beginning of the podcast. So we'll, we'll have to we we'll figure to out our title first. Yeah, we're still, we're still working on that title. Okay, so if you have a title for them, you can let us know <laughs> on Twitter. Just titles, we'll hear your pitches. Movie pod. Um, but anyway, so we'll keep you updated on that, and uh, we all have titles become the property of <laughs> <laughs> Four Thirty Movie uh, uh, throughout the uh, hopefully through the rest of December. We'll have new episodes, and we may go on another hiatus. Um, and of course, uh, Inglorious Trexperts continues unabated. There's no stopping the trek. What? Or the spurts. Or the spurts. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh. What? Uh, and on that note, I want to thank our sound engineer, Bill Ritter, for making it sound so great. Uh, even in this socially distant era of the 430 movie, um, our uh, Peter Holmstrom, archivist and production coordinator, and of course, Natalie Miscali, our producer, and a very special thanks to Dean Devlin uh, for making it all possible. So until next Friday... We'll see you with an all-new episode of the 430 Movie. But right now, Eyewitness News starts now. Today's episode is brought to you by... The Colonial Movers of Caprica. We move anywhere. This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.